hey, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies, and I am here with Rachel Miller, who is the founder of Bold and Savvy. It's a women's network, and I want to talk a lot about that today. Uh, so, Rachel, why don't you just give us a little introduction, talk about your first job in tech, and, and, and let's get this ball rolling. Great. Hi, thanks for having me, Joy. Um, so my name is Rachel Miller, and I'm the founder of Bold and Savvy, which is a community for women in business and professional women. And we kind of create experiences that empower you in your life and business. So we run networking events, co-working days. Um, it's all virtual at the moment because we can't do it all in person. And I can't wait for us to actually get back to doing in-person events. But for now, it's all virtual uh, masterclasses and just general networking so that we get women connecting and um, building relationships and building strong foundations um, and then if business then comes off the back of that brilliant but the most important thing for us is actually to build strong foundations and, and business friendships because that's so important when you're running a business you need a good community of people around you that understand your world um, otherwise you can be lost and you can be floundering and you've got nowhere to turn Yes, 100%. But you didn't start out in the network. Um, no. So before you were um, running Bold and Savvy, talk to us about your career and what kind of what led you to set up the network. Um, so I started off after graduating uni, I just got a job and I worked for um, one of the UK banks. And I ended up working in a project management team because I'm, I'm an organizer. So as well as Bold and Savvy, I also run a party planning company for children called Appleberry. So I'm a planner, I'm an organizer, I'm a, a, a list person. Um, but I started off doing project management in tech, building data servers and things I had no clue about. I had no tech background, but I just had a really good manager that wanted to train somebody. Um, and she wanted more women in her team um, because it was a male dominated environment that all the men were like 40 plus old white middle aged men. And she was like the only woman there and she just wanted something a bit different. So she went on a recruitment drive and got about five or six new people in and of that there was about three women um, and two two or three guys but we were all a lot younger we were all in our 20s uh, she just wanted to freshen things up but it was really daunting because I went into this environment with no tech background you said you went into tech without a tech background this is I really want to hone in on this this is so important because I think people don't realize how badly the tech industry needs women who have experience uh and not necessarily tech experience so yes. talk about that tell us tell us more about that um I was just interested in tech and that was it I just kind of knew at some point I always wanted to work in technology but I'm not a techie person that I'll sit and study so like computer science or anything like that but I'm a planner so I knew that there was lots of different ways of getting into tech and actually project managers are really needed in tech to actually drive projects through but you need to have a you do need to have a technical understanding but you don't need to be the techie that sits there and does the coding you need to know how to manage those group of people so actually it doesn't matter what skills you've got there's always a way for you to find a, an avenue to get into tech with the skills that you have because there's so many different roles there um and whether it is the human resources whether it's the tech side whether it's the planning and management and coordinating there's something there where you've got skills that you can actually utilize them 
And then if you've got a good team around you and um, a good organisation that wants to train people, heck, you can learn your subject matter. And I went to get my head around that. But because the benefit of having those older white middle-aged men that had been doing that job since they were 16, because that's the first job they've had as they left school, they had this wealth of knowledge that they just blurted out all their knowledge and they just were like, this is this and this is this. And you just had to kind of go, oh, okay. And you take it all in. But the more you do it and the more you learn on the job, the better you get and you've also always got a fountain of knowledge to tap into which was great so I had the project management skills that enabled me to coordinate and plan and manage and set deadlines and be on people's case to make sure things would get done the tech guys had the knowledge of how to do the nitty-gritty so putting those two together me going right actually I understand you've got all these technical things to do and that's amazing that's great but how long is it going to take you our deadline is x you know we've got a budget of this we need to come in on time so it's a case of me utilizing my skills to keep those guys on track and them then teaching me a little bit so I understood their world so that I didn't go, well, actually, I want it today and I don't care how you do it. With them teaching me, I understood that I had to give them a little bit of time. I had to give them a little bit of flexibility, but they also understood we had deadlines and my job was there to make sure that we met those deadlines and we met those budgets and we juggled all the different politics that would come along with different projects and you know my project's more important or the FSA have now put this in so we now all have to rush onto this you know all of that juggling technically none of that's got to do with doing technology but it's everything to do with technology at the same time as well so no matter whether or not you are a techie or whether you've got some other skills there's always a way to find a way to slot your skills into a technology world definitely. I love that. And I was, I was going to interrupt and say, what? Politics? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why you set up your own network. I mean, I, I was telling someone the other day and this, I mean, look, there are, we work with three different types of women, right? We work with women who want to change careers, um, usually go from like a low tech career to, a, to one that engages in, and incorporates more tech uh, or women who want to return to work after a career break or women who want to start up their own business. And I always, I always encourage people, like if you've been out of the workforce for a while, go get a job, re-enter that way because mm-hmm. you'll get paid and you'll get your vacation and you'll get your pension and yeah. you'll actually make all those networks and connections that will then help you later on. You know, if you have, if, and, and it's important if you don't have those networks that you, you build them back up again, it's easier to do working. But yes. then there's another breed of women <laughs> like myself and probably <laughs> like you where, you know, I, I was, um, I just didn't last very long in corporate life multiple times. Um, <laughs> so I was, uh, I was at, I was at, um, at Bear Stearns as a trading assistant. And of course, Bear Stearns imploded, but right, right before it imploded, I moved over to Schwab Capital Markets. I lasted there about a year and I was like, I can't sit in front of a screen staring at numbers all day. I want to be out helping people. And also then I had this thing happened, which was my dad died and I decided, oh, I'm going to go do archery. So I did that for a while, you know, just chasing my dreams and following my dreams. Life was too short, you know, but then when I did go back into corporate and I worked for an insurance company and then I worked for um, uh, Deloitte, um, one of the big four. I mean, I remember that first day in the Deloitte office having to do like a a nine, a literal nine Nine to five five. sitting at a screen. And I was like, I can't do this. Like This isn't. And I lasted about six months there. <laughs> so there, there are different types of women. And I think we need to acknowledge that. And, and actually, there are women who love being 
in a business, making a business move forward. And, yeah. and we help those women too. You know, that is effectively the integrator, the person who's returning to work that wants to, you know, really help businesses move forward, particularly on the marketing side with social media, et cetera. But yeah, let's talk about that transition for you, because I think, you know, you've done that. You've, you had this amazing tech career uh, and without tech experience, right? Yeah. I love that. Um, but then now you've become a leader in, in your own network. So talk about, talk about that transition. So that came about because I, I worked for RBS. So that just kind of went a bit crazy. And I ended up having to take redundancy. I took voluntary redundancy because I thought this was the only time I'm going to get a chance to leave and be paid to leave and have a little cushion to actually try my own thing. Um, and I thought, well, actually, I've got a cushion. Let me try my own business and see if it works. Because um, I, I got to that point where I I'd got, I think I'd been in my role for a couple of years now. And I, I get that itch or that 18 months where I have to move on. And I was like, I want to move on. But I was like, I don't like the politics of being in a corporate environment no more. Because I think maybe because of the environment I was in and what was happening in the world in the finance market and with RBS, that just changed the culture and it changed my job so much. I was like, I don't want to work for somebody anymore. I want to do my own thing. I want to call the shots. So when they offered redundancy, I went, do you know what? I'll take it. I had to wait two years, though, before they released me. But that gave me the time to actually plan what I was going to do. And again, because I'm a planner, because I'm an organizer, my natural first thing was I'm going to start an events company. And I started doing Appleberry, which was my party planning company for kids. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try it, give it a go and see what happens. So when I got my exit day, I was already up and running with my events because I'd had that period of time to kind of work out what I wanted to do. I had I started networking to understand what networking was. Um, I'd start making connections and I was like, oh, this is a real lonely world because everybody else that was taking redundancy was all jumping straight back into contract jobs in another bank. And they were like, yeah, we're going to do the same job somewhere else. Are you coming? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, but why? You're going to start your own business? Oh, you know, how much money are you going to earn? <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but I want to give it a go. If it doesn't work, I can, I can apply for another job. I can get another job somewhere else. So I started doing Appleberry, ran that for sort of like, it's been, I think, six or seven years now. Um, but whilst I was running that, I realized I didn't have anyone around me that understood my journey. My family didn't really care for my stories of oh I need to do this and I need to do marketing and I need to and how do you raise money and how do you raise finance and where do you get a solicitor from and and I was like I need a new group of friends <laughs> you know oh, wait I have to stop you there like just we just have to and there's people watching we've got a lot of people watching and so if yeah. you're at home and you're watching this live and you feel the pain that Rachel just talked about that like if you have lost a friend or a set of friends over setting a business, like raise your hand like mm -hmm. that, you know, that is a byproduct of, because what happens if you set up your own business that takes over your life Yes, and, and it does take over everyone else's life too, because there, you have no boundaries, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I mean, I had a very, very good friend um, who I lost, well, two that I lost. And later on when we had um, conversations about it, they were just like, you just became obsessed. Like they were like, yeah. and that's all you talked about. Tunnel <laughs> vision. Like, yeah. And they're like, that wasn't what our friendship was originally about. <laughs> 
because we we had had babies at the same time so the friendship had initiated from being mothers and having babies together and then suddenly I got obsessed with this was my first business so I've set up three tech businesses my third but I got obsessed with my first one and they just I think that was all I talked about and it was it just it got too much for them and 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 so I lost friends over it but I think it's easy you can lose marriages over it too you can lose relationships I mean it's not it's actually quite a serious problem. It is. <laughs> so It is. So you do need to have people around you that understand that shift and that change that you're going through. So even if you do lose your friends or you, you, you drift away from your personal friends, if you've got people around you that understand that journey and they too might have been through something similar, they'll support you along the way. They'll listen to you when you're crying about, oh my God, my best friend won't talk to him you know because they understand and because of that I started a networking group so I was like I need to get out there I need to meet people that are similar to me um but I don't know where to go for that and I did go to a networking event and my very first networking event was with um what used to be the business link over 200 people in this big great hall and I walked in and I kind of went oh okay it's a bit too much and normally I'm pretty happy going up to people and talking to them but in that environment I was so scared um and then after that I thought I can't do that again and I was like actually I need to do something with myself I need to feel comfortable and relaxed and the experience wasn't great because there were some great people there but some I was talking to somebody and someone just butted in and shoved their business card in front of us and was like hi I'm and walked off and I was like what was that? I was like, is this, is this how you, and I was like, this is not how I want to do business. I want to talk to people. I want to get to know you. I don't want you to be a fleeting <laughs> image that passes me. Um, so I started running my own free networking events for women in business. And that started in 2013 and we're still going with those monthly at the moment. But the community I built from that was amazing because it was all women that had either wanting to start a business thinking of starting a business already running a business it was all the different stages whether they were doing it as a side job you know in in comparison to their to their nine to five but everyone was on this journey of I want to explore what running a business is like and we're going to go through the highs and lows together and see what happens um and from that I built a great network of people around me and I was like actually this is great I want to do more of it um, and running the free network was great, but I was like, I want to provide more. I want to give more. I want to do more. And that's where I then thought, actually, I need to create something else. And that's where Bold and Savvy came in. Because I was like, let's do some masterclasses. Let's share our knowledge. Let's get the experts in to actually teach us, but not just random experts. The women that are in the community are the experts because we're all experts in our own subject matters. Um, so there's no need to go and draft somebody else in to come and teach. We can do that ourselves. And again, if we're not great at presenting, let's practice. Let's use this environment to practice presenting and practice our our workshops and our classes so that we can then take them outside and take them to a wider audience and be confident in that. So that's kind of where Bold and Savvy started. It was to do more networking events, um, provide opportunities to actually practice doing masterclasses and just for women to connect and build friendships. Um, so we've done masterclasses, we've done uh, social days, we've done networking events, we've done virtual networking events, we've done co-working, 
Uh, we were doing them in person last year and this year we've started doing them online as well. But it's just to make sure that you stay connected and that you have your 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 business buddies around you so that when you need some help, when you need to cry, when you need to have people cheer you on, when you need people to help celebrate with you, you've always got people to turn to. Um, because otherwise it can be a really lonely world. And if you're in business and you don't know what you're doing, you need guidance because if you don't know the path, you need somebody else that might know the way forward or at least just to bounce ideas off of, you know, sometimes it is the blind leading the blind, which is fine, but you're bouncing ideas off of each other and you work it out and then you go, oh, I know what I'm doing now. I can help somebody else when that question comes up. And that's the great thing because you're constantly learning and you're constantly sharing and it's just keeping that environment where it's an open discussion constantly and there's no, oh, I'm not sure about that person or it's just pure friendship, no ulterior motives, no, I'm coming to sell to you because that's the last thing I want in a network. I don't want a, oh, what can I sell you and how can you help me? It's a, who are you? What do you do? What do you like? Let's talk about everything else but business. Let's find out who we are as women, because actually, as women, you often forget who you are and what you like and what you enjoy, because family life takes over, your career takes over, whatever takes over, business takes over. So it's going back to who are you? Who are you as a person? And what do you enjoy doing? And having a conversation about something other than the kids or the business. Let's talk about what do you like? What music do you like? You know, who are you? And then you then work out who you connect with. And then business then comes off of that because you're like, oh, I remember, I remember Joy because she's really into the same things as me. Let's have a conversation about how we can collaborate. Okay, well, maybe we can't collaborate, but I know somebody else that, and there it builds the trust. You, it's that like, know, and trust value where you go, I like this person. I know them. I value them. I trust them. So I'm happy to recommend them to somebody else. I'm happy to say, let's try and do a project together and let's see where it goes because you've taken the time. And that's what I want Bold and Savvy to do. I want people to take the time to get to know each other, have some fun, but you're going to learn and grow your businesses or your careers at the same time as well. So it's a little bit of a feel good factor, but with a purpose. Rachel, you're speaking my love language. <laughs> I kid you not. I mean, this is like everything you just said. I'm, I'm just sitting inside going, yes, yes. <laughs> and this is why, you know, we, every time we're at an event together, we've been, we've met, we've, we've never like, been, like, it's not that we have met through the Bold and Savvy Network. We've mm. met at other events. And yeah. obviously I follow the Bold and Savvy Network. I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, but I feel like we, you know, we end up at the same events because we're at the events that care about this stuff. Yes. And, you know, we're two women who really care about other women finding their passion, getting into tech, not being afraid of tech um, and, and, you know, finding their network. So I love everything you just said. And I know my audience is loving this too. Mm. And I didn't really know this is going to turn into network networking discussion, but there's so <laughs> comments about that right now. So um, Danny saying, you know, love it, feel good factor with a purpose. Um, Samantha says some great networking tips here. True that we often lose who we are with the demands of work and home. Uh, there was um, there was a discussion a little bit earlier, and I kind of want to circle back to that before we leave. Um, but it was around the, um, the idea of applying for tech jobs without having the tech experience. Mm -hmm. 
talking about two things here, really. We're talking about women who set up businesses and want that support, you know, and where, where that, that, that safety net, that safe place to go and like really just talk about the stuff that they want to bombard all their friends and family with, but that their friends and family aren't interested in. Yes. And then the other thing we're talking about is if you want to get into tech, but don't have a tech background. Mm-hmm. So um, one of our gals is saying, Carly, she's saying, I would really like to apply for tech jobs, but so many of them ask for experience. So how... How do you find the tech jobs that don't want necessarily a tech experience, but have the real world life experience? Uh, that would be a really great question that I would love for you to answer. And then we'll come back to the networking stuff, but we've got a little bit of two conversations going yeah. on. Both very, very valuable. I think it depends on the organization, whether or not the organization are open to realizing that there are great people out there that have great skills that they can train. And they're not just looking at a CV for a tick box exercise of you've got x qualification that qualification um so it's and i suppose the only way you're going to find out is if you research the company to see what their what their ethics are like and what what their purpose is um i mean for me because i was already in the organization it's easier once you're in an organization to try and move around and you can have those conversations and as you build up relationships with other departments you can kind of put feelers out to see who was doing what and I got my job because my manager knew the manager that I moved to and knew that she wasn't open to looking for more people that didn't have the experience and she wanted to train people up so that's how I got my move in there so if it's a case of just out of a job or you're in a different organization look in the current organization that you're in to see if you can move somewhere that has got um, where you can try and get the experience uh, whether you do a secondment to another team to see if you can try out the experience for a month, a week, or volunteer your time, you know, bargain with your manager and say, well, actually, if I spend a day a week with this team as part of my personal development, that will really help you because I'm learning this and this that I can bring back to the team. It's all for you, but you've got to make it look like it's going to work for them. That's how you're going to sell you know? everything, right? It's yeah, all absolutely. For it's well, all for you. You've got to make it look like it's benefiting them and benefiting everybody else as well. Um, so that's one way. If you're already in an organization, see if you can get a secondment or move to another team temporarily or or just help out or you know, hang out and just make sure you get to know people in the in the company and just talk to people because that's how you find out what's going on and um, what jobs might be coming up and try and apply that way. But if you're out of the workplace already and you want to get in, it is about researching companies that are open and that have that open mind. And, and women returners, which, and Carly, that would be a great resource for you and for many women who are watching this. So women returners, they have a, a page on their website, which is dedicated to mm. all of the returner programs, which are exactly that. They are, they, and a lot of them are coming out of the banks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like Microsoft has a returner program and they are, they will look at you, um, looking at your previous experience and getting, if you've had a break and getting you back in. So I think the thing is, is it's, it's important to remember that the experience that you have you can always reframe that experience, right? I mean, yeah. I'm a huge fan of reframing. And so, um, you know, and like you said, I think first of all, it's understanding is the organization open to bringing people in and training them up? It does mean sometimes, when, especially in changing careers, if you're changing careers and you, you know you wanna go down a different path, like let's say you wanna go into tech project management, right? Mm-hmm. And it's totally different from what you were doing before. You're gonna to have to start at the bottom. Yes. But by starting at the bottom, you work your way up. And, you know, so also I think it's important to look at the trajectory of the career you want to switch into. Like, what does that lead to? What is the continuing education I'm going to have to invest in, you know, to make that successful for me? Those were really, really great. Um, 
tips. So I'm just looking at this. Uh, so Shell says, Lachelle says, so amazing and practical application to know um, the no, the like, yeah, the like, the no like and trust factor. <laughs> Business is always a people issue. I always say that people buy from people. Let's let's switch back into this network yeah. conversation here on the no, no like and trust factor. So we were talking about this before off camera, and I was saying, you know, one of the things I've met women in your network. You have an incredible network. You also have a very diverse network. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put my hand up now and say we're living in this this whole month for us was all was, you know, supposed to be about women in tech, equality, you know, diversity, inclusion. And I mean, obviously, horrible events, George Floyd, everything else that's that's led to this even more intensified conversation around race, which is so important, like 100% hands down, we have to be talking about it, we have to be um, working towards it. Um, and there's, there's, and what I'm loving right now, I mean, I hate the re- the reason it came about, but what I'm loving right now is the amount of education out there for white leaders yeah. on how to become more diversified in their network and their group and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, as I was saying to you before, I'm going to say it totally incorrectly. I'm going to mess this conversation up because I don't know how to say it, what to say, but where I see, you know, a huge difference between your network and my network is where I see a huge commonality, amazing women. We have amazing women in my network. We have amazing women in your network, but they're very different in the color of those yeah. networks and the diversity of those networks. And I think, I think what I know from our network is, you know, which is mostly white, which obviously is something we want to majorly change this year. Um, but they would feel, they don't know. I mean, so many people don't know what to do right now. They don't know what yeah. to say. They don't, you know, and you, you, um, you just don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to like how to connect with a network that's more diverse. We, many of us who are, um, white, we have been in white environments our whole life and, you know, and it's, um, and that's because of the way that history has played out, but now we have a really amazing chance to change history and to integrate these networks. So, uh, like, and, and actually like do it properly and do it because it's for the right reasons not mm-hmm. legally, you know, cause it should be done. So talk to me about how, you know, how women in your network would come into my network, how women in my network would come into your network. How do we, how do we break down those barriers? Um, because we need to hear, we need that education. Do you know what? I think it, it all starts from the leader. So unless you're open to having a diverse network around you, you're not going to attract a diverse network around you. The universe knows what you, what your intentions are. So if you're, if you are a white middle-aged woman and you're only interested in white middle-aged women, no matter how much you try, no matter what pictures you put on social media, you know, no matter how much you change your wording, because it's not genuine and it's not coming from your heart, you're not going to attract a, a diverse group of people. You're only going to attract what looks like you because that is what your intention is. So yes, we've got these great conversations going on at the moment. There's so much education out there and people are reading and people are, are, are waking up. But actually, if your own personal intentions are not shifting and wanting to be more diverse and wanting to be more inclusive, it's not going to change because you can all it all it is then is words and and there's no action behind it there's no meaning behind your action um or you might get one or two people come in but because they can see that your I suppose your vibe isn't there to actually truly include people 
they're not going to want to stay and they're not going to say, oh, 12 other people come and join. It is a really great environment. So even though the business may want to be diverse, the leader has to lead that change and they have to truly believe in that themselves first. And once you've got that, then it will just start naturally emanating from you and you'll, you'll just move into that and people will start gravitating to you, not just because they see the pictures that look diverse, but because they feel it from you. And I don't know if that sounds weird, but I'm truly on that vibe of it's a feeling. Totally. It's not a tangible thing. It's not a, a box or a tick box exercise. It's a, if I look at you and I can see, I can see what kind of person you are. And if I like you, if my spirit takes to you, I'm going to come and join you. Okay, whatever wait, wait. color I am. I, lo- I love this. The universe <laughs> knows. That to me, that was so powerful, you know, because I'm a woman of faith. And I believe so heavily in this stuff. And also I'm doing a bunch of reading about um, quantum physics and energy and really understand, I'm doing some neuro coaching training and really understanding how the brain works and really understanding, you know, we, we are, we are creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. We, um, we, our brain wants us to work from the subconscious at all times because it's less work. And really the more you work from the conscious, the more progress you're going to make because you're open to new thoughts and you're open to creating your thoughts. And I think that's the thing people don't realize. People don't realize that you can change your thoughts. People don't realize that you are in control of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a circumstance happens like George Floyd, and then you have thoughts and then you have feelings and then you take actions and then there's a reaction or there's a, there's a result. And, and what, what happens is, you know, some people might have seen George Floyd and then, you know, their thought was that's awful. And their feeling was, you know, um, that's really awful. And, and, and then their action was, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. So I'm not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. And the result is, you know, silence is compliance and we continue down this path. So, you know, and I, I often talk about the situation where tech pixies as a company nearly failed. And this was back in like 2018 um, and I, uh, and I remember like that whole thing, circumstance, the company's about to fail, you know, yeah. thought is, um, you know, ah, this, this sucks. What do I do? You know, my feeling was like deep and profound sadness, but the thing was, is that that deep and profound sadness led to action, which is, I'm not going to fail with yes. this company. I'm going to make this company succeed. And I just haven't figured out the formula yet. And then that's when I went out and raised money and then we found the formula and now it's working and it's like going gangbusters right now. But the same thing can happen here. You know, George, you see George Floyd happen, you you see his death happen, which is horrific, horrible. You know, your thoughts around that are just like, how could that happen? Your feelings are deep anger, but then your action matters. You know, are you going to go and get the books and read the books and listen to the books? Are you going to go and have the conversations? Are you going to you know, and like you said, is it going to go beyond just a picture on your social media feed? Is yeah. it going to go into real conversations? And it's been uncomfortable. I mean, it's been for everyone. I mean, yeah. and I'm not, and I'm not trying to say that it's more uncomfortable for one side or the other, but it's, you know, and, and, but what we know about being uncomfortable is that's growth, right? So if you can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, then you're making progress. Yeah. And, you know, having these conversations for me, I know I'm going to screw them up. I know I'm not going to say them right, but I love that, you know, the universe, you said the universe yeah. knows. So, you know, if you're not sure, that's where you go back deep into your heart and you say, what do I care about? And what actions am I going to take that show how deeply I care about this? You know, so I love that. 
Ah, this is so good, Rachel. I knew you needed to come on because I, I didn't realize we we're going to go so deep on the network side. It's, yeah. it's such an important thing to talk about. Um, so, well, let's talk about this. What if some tech fixies after listening to this conversation go, I want to be in the Bold and Savvy Network. Um, you are doing things virtually now. So, I mean, is, is the Bold and Savvy Network open to everyone? Who's, the, who's it perfect for and who's it not for? So it's for any woman that is either working in a nine to five or starting a business or running a business. Um, so we do lifestyle and business kind of career related topics. Um, so it's more of a, it is a business club, but it's a social club at the same time. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to run it the way I like things to be run. I don't want it to be too rigid and I don't want it to be too flouncy. I want something in the middle where I get a bit of both. And I want to be able to have those hard hitting conversations of how do you raise money? How do you sort your business out and make sure it runs effectively? How do you get to that six figure, seven figure, you know, whatever aspirations that you have. But at the same time, I want us to be able to kick back and have a glass of wine and enjoy ourselves and have a good old chit chat and talk about fashion. But then at the same time, fashion then leads back into work. How do you dress for work? So it all, even though they are two separate topics, they kind of relate together. So it's for any woman that wants to be in the community of supportive women that are <clears throat> open to sharing, because that's the most important thing. You can't come and want to take, you need to want to share as well. It doesn't matter how small your knowledge is, it's going to be useful to someone because your experiences are going to be beneficial to somebody else. And likewise, you'll learn from somebody else. We're always learning from each other. So it's open to any women. Um, I typically attract women that are sort of like 35 plus. I don't attract the younger lot. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, even when I was a little bit younger as well, when I started this in my 20s, I attracted the older women again as well. I'm not sure why, but I love it because I'm constantly learning. Um, and then it, it just it just means you've got a load of knowledge that and life experience that you you just can't um, you can't buy that kind of knowledge and experience. And and it's so useful. So it's yeah, it's open for any woman. Um, we're building the website at the moment, so that should hopefully launch at the end of summer. Um, and it will be a full-blown membership kind of website where we'll have an online forum and we'll be doing more workshops and we'll have some content up there as well. But for now, we're just running virtual events. Monday, we're launching the new schedule of events uh, through July and August. Um, so that will be out on Monday. So if you want to follow us on social media or join our mailing list, you're more than welcome to. Um, and Can you just yeah, say that I'm last always bit? open to ideas. Sorry, can you just say that last bit because it cut out again. So oh. what's happening on Monday? So on Monday, we're launching our new events for July and August. Um, so that will be launched on Eventbrite. Um, but you'll also see notifications on our social media. So Bold and Savvy on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then we'll be launching more events throughout the year as well. But events in general, I'm always open to events that people want to put on because I want things that are useful to people. So I have my own dream list of events that I'd love to run that I'm scheduling, but I'm also open to getting um, ideas from others as well as to what they would like to see because it's got to be beneficial to you, the individual that joins us, um, not just what I like and what I think people are going to need. So I'm always asking for feedback and asking for suggestions. Um, and well, I am sure that your events will be awesome because you know i just this conversation is a testament to the type of person you are and the things that you believe in um i think let's end with this question because i think mm -hmm. this is what i ended with vanessa valley and i thought it was her answer was so brilliant why why is it important 
let's talk about two things. Why is it important for there to be women starting businesses? And also, why is it important for women to be in tech? And and equally, let's go beyond women. Let's talk about all women. You know, why is it important that all women of all backgrounds are included in the entrepreneurial world and in the tech world? It's important because of what we bring to the table. We've got so many skills and knowledge that we can bring to the table. And in order for organizations to succeed, you need a range of ideas. You need a range of thinking. You need... Um, you need you need multiple multiple visions to actually get you there you can't just have a tunnel vision to get there you need a mixture um and that's the only way you truly succeed because if you've got one directive and that's it you know who knows what what opportunities could you be missing you know if you don't if you don't broaden your horizon um and it just makes people feel good as well it makes people feel valued to know that they can see themselves in that environment you know if someone's looking on and they can say, well, actually, I can see a range of people there. I know that I can fit in there. That could be something I can aspire to. And what we don't want is for people to ever feel that they can't be somewhere. They've always got to know that no matter where it is they want to go, whatever they put their sights on, you can actually get there. So organisations, whether it's small businesses or large corporations, they all need to show that there are a diverse range of people there. And there's a diverse range of women there, whether they're young women, older women, whatever it may be, everybody needs to be in that environment because everybody's got something to bring to the table that's useful. Um, so it's it's key. That, and that's the way the world works. You know, it's not just one, it's not one song sheet. There's multiple. The way the world should work, Rachel. Yeah. The world, the world, we, it hasn't been working that way, which is why the world's in pain right now, you know, and yeah. that's, you know, if, if things were working that way, we wouldn't be feeling the pain that we're all feeling, you know, around, um, I mean, let's just talk about not just the gender gap, but like the pay gap. And, you know, there's, there's so many gaps right now. And that's where the pain comes from. You know, I mean, there's nothing worse than someone having done an entire career only to find out that a man in the same position has earned five times, 10 times, 50 times that in a different company. You know, I remember when I worked for, um, for Schwab Capital Markets, I got, uh, I got a huge raise. Um, and it was, I mean, like, like 20,000 extra pounds or dollars were added to my annual salary. And I, and they literally wrote me a letter. They're like, we did some research and found out that people, men in the same position were getting paid more. And so we've leveled up your salary, $20,000, you know, and I was only making like 30,000. So it went from 30,000 to 50,000 literally overnight. But you think that that compounds over five years, that's $100,000 I would have missed out on because the company didn't take action to close the the pay gap. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we still have that problem. I mean, that, 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 that career was, you know, I'm, I'm 40. So Mm -hmm. that career was, um, I'm still getting used to that. Um, (laughs) That career was 20 years ago, right? So you think that that gap was existing then and it still exists now. So um, Claire says inequality isn't fun. (laughs) Yes. That we totally agree with that. Um, I just want to go back and make sure that we don't have, we haven't missed out on any questions. Okay. Um, if anyone is watching live and want to ask some questions, I would love it if you would drop them in. Um, and, uh, oh, Claire says, okay, here's the question, Rachel. Claire okay. says that I need to ask you to be a diversity and inclusion advisor for Tech Pixies. And that. <laughs> Would you come onto our board of advisors? I would love that. I would definitely, definitely. I'm always happy to help. Definitely. I, do you know what? 
wherever you can collaborate with people, you've got to look for those opportunities, whether it's for a day, a month, a year, whatever it is. I always, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I want to know how Tech Fixies can become a sponsor of Bold and Savvy. That would be, we can definitely talk about that. I'm sure you have corporate sponsorships. So that I want to talk about that. Let's make sure that happens. Um, and, uh, and this is, uh, this is from Lachelle. I love Lachelle. She's, she's, she's such a great, she's like our, she's given herself the title of the, um, like the community, uh, social organizer. And ah. she started, we have a cohort running right now. They're about halfway through and she started organizing these, um, kind of, uh, parties like these get togethers. And now she's going to do a quiz and like work Excellent. out be really fun. Anyway, she says, I so love this conversation, Joy, uh, by being vulnerable and asking the question, you know, we are starting to become the change we want to see. And she says, my heart is full of hope by listening to this discussion. It's been such a rough time worrying about current events. This gives me so much hope. And Aguda says, I'm loving this conversation. So many things to glean from here. Absolutely. And now Aguda, Aguda, you need to connect with Rachel. So Aguda, I interviewed her. She's one of our tech fixies from a couple cohorts ago. And I interviewed her on the podcast. It's our number. It's one of our top podcasts. Um, It might even be our number one, but it's one of our top podcasts. And she, uh, she says in the podcast live, she says, and I say, where are you going to be in 10 years? And she says, I'm going to be in a tech job in 10 years. And, um, and I love that. I love that so much. So I think definitely you need to get into that network. You need to connect with Rachel and make that happen. So let me just see if there's any questions. Ah, Shell's just said she signed up for Bold and Savvy. Oh, pretty, thank you. Awesome. The power of networking. All right, good. Well, I think we've made a lot of progress here. <laughs> Might have uh, duped you into coming onto the board of advisors. <laughs> I can't say no on a live <laughs> But I'm also committed to become a sponsor of yes. Bold and Savvy. So, you know, this is... We're taking positive action. Absolutely. And I value um, our friendship. I value being able to see you at these events. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, one of these crazy things about these events is you kind of see someone and you have these quick conversations and, you know, have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever. And then you don't get the deep connection. And um, what's so incredible is just in this conversation, um, your spirit has come out so strong and, um, and it's so connected to where my spirit is. So I, you know, it's so magical when you, when you kind of can talk to someone in that same language. Le- yes. Because not everyone speaks that language. And- no, they don't. It's hard to find people actually that are on that same level, the same language as you. Because sometimes when you do talk to people, they're a bit baffled and you think, <laughs> oh, you're not the one, but lovely to meet you. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, and it's and actually, I find in Britain it's even um, trickier, you know, in a, in a funny way because um, for many reasons, which I completely understand, mm-hmm. um, people have lost touch with faith and spirituality, um, and because of history. I mean, yes. gosh, history. Do you know the most amazing thing? I'm reading this book at right or this book at this book right now called um, "A Pocket Full of Happy uh, okay. a Happy Pocket Full of Money." And it's very interesting because I just read the chapter on time. And in this chapter, it basically says, and it like kind of is based on Albert Einstein's view of time. But his, mm-hmm. the point is, is like the past and the present or the past and the future, we have no control over. The only no. thing we have control over is the now. Now. And, but we all live in the past and the, pre- and the future. We don't live in the now. In the now, yes. And, and the point of the book is like, you've got to live in the now, you know, and, and the decisions you make in the now 
in are the the only decisions you can make right yeah. the, the only thing you can only control now so let's control it right let's yeah, make it absolutely live in the moment <clears throat> yeah and let's make it actually work for us make time work for us yeah. and you know and not waste time by not making changes and i think that's you know that's the important part here I wish we could do like a hug. It's like a, yeah. virtual, like a virtual high five. Yeah, high five, yes. And, um, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, for having me. Eloquence and just your, um, your heart. I think that came out so strong and they're getting, a, there's a lot of comments on here. So there's greetings from Athens oh. <laughs> and um, yeah, amen to that. Life is short. Thank you, Rachel. I really so appreciate you coming on to the podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm.